0: Scripture says, Faith, Hope, Love, Abide, these three. But the greatest of these is love. As great as faith and hope are, and they are great, love is still greater. Years ago, Dionne Warwick sang a song in which she said, What the world needs now is love, sweet love. That's the one thing that's just too little of. As you may guess, my subject day is love. It's so very, very important. My name is Hal Brady, and I want to welcome you to this ministry. I'm so pleased you've joined me, and I trust as always that the word and the music will be a blessing to you. Would you hear now, please, the reading of God's word from 1 John chapter 4, beginning at verse 7. Hear the word of God. Beloved, let us love one another, because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, since God so loved us so much, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is perfected in us. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you join me, please, now for a word of prayer? O God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, which art our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Of all the themes of high school, junior, senior proms, I think ours was the best. I'm talking about my high school, LaGrange High School. And I'm talking about our theme. And yes, I can remember it. The theme, love is a many splendid thing. Can you think of a better theme for a high school junior, senior prom than that? I can't. It's a many splendid thing, love. Even a little acquaintance with the scriptures will help us to realize that in the New Testament, The pages are simply drenched with love. In Galatians, Paul says, the fruit of the Spirit is love. He always starts with love because all the rest of the fruit are simply the outgrowth of love. For instance, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient, love is kind, and so forth. On another occasion, Paul said that we can have all the great spiritual power, but if we have not love, we are nothing. Who is a nothing person? And if I have not love, I am nothing. Nothing, a zero. The opposite of something, a zero. And then the writer of our text says, Love is the sign that we are born of God. So as we can see, love is the greatest virtue of them all. And yet there is mass misunderstanding as to what love really means. What do we say? We say, I love popcorn. I love the Atlanta Braves, especially I love them when they're winning. I love hamburgers. I love you. The word love is so watered down that it's hard to know exactly what it has meant. Some wag put it this way, said, Love starts when she sinks into his arms and ends with her arms in the sink. And then some people mistakenly think love has to do with feelings. I read about a couple that was having a lot of trouble with their marriage, so they went to see their minister. After he had talked to them a little bit about the issues that was causing the problem, he asked them, have you forgiven one another? They looked at each other and said no. He said, now listen, your marriage is about to come apart. You believe in the Christian faith, you believe in love and forgiveness, and you have not forgiven one another? They said no. He said, Please explain that to me, I'm having trouble understanding it. Please explain why you haven't asked forgiveness." And they said, we're waiting till we feel it. Aghast, the preacher said, waiting till you feel it. He said, you're going to destroy your marriage. He said, marriage is not based on feelings. Marriage is based on commitment. Now, I want you to think about this. Where in God's Word does it mention love has to do with feelings? Let's look at the great love chapter just for a moment. 1 Corinthians 13, and I want to begin with verse 4. Listen, love is patient, love is kind. Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Where in there do you see feelings? Feelings are really not involved. All of it has to do with commitment. Love is commitment. How important it is for us to realize that. Such a critical factor. So often we also think love is another thing. We get it mixed up with sex. We think it's simply the physical. And sometimes I think we might get that from the movies, from television, from our modern day music. It seems to imply that I love you, not for you, but for what you can do for me. And when that occurs, that often turns into lust. But what I want us to do for a few minutes is to think about what love really is. Listen, first of all, love knows its source and is continually related to that source. A minister shared his experience in growing up in a small town. He said his father was the banker there. He had banked with everybody for 47 years. His name was Art Beringer, And he said as a teenager, he was asked if he would raise money for the school yearbook. And he said he was very successful. He raised more money than had ever been raised in all the school's history. He said, but all I had to do was go in there and tell somebody that I'm Art Beringer's son. He said, you see, I was related to somebody special in the community. So how are we going to be God's instruments of love, His continuing instruments of love in a world that has grown tired of love? How is that going to happen? It's only going to happen if we are related to somebody special in community. And here I'm talking about God. I'm talking about God. Perhaps John in our text helps us here. He says, Beloved, let us love one another. Because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him, so that we might live and love through him. The great theologian Jürgen Moltmann adds, Our capacity to love is always born out of our experience of being loved. Our capacity to love is always born out of our experience of being loved. Take the life of Teresa, for 40 years she lived for herself. She did everything for herself, worked for herself, it for herself, and all the time she was living in a con- convent. But she said one day she was walking down the hallway and she looked on the wall and she saw a picture of Jesus. He was being scourged. She had noticed that she had seen the picture there for all of those years before, but this time it was different. She saw something she had never seen before. God's love was for her. God's love was for everybody. And so she said she knelt on her knees, and when she arose, she was a different person altogether. She said she had a sense of unpayable debt. That's what it is, isn't it? A sense of unpayable debt. We love simply because it comes out of our experience of being loved. Lloyd Ogilvie was a former chaplain of the united states senate said he was having breakfast one morning in chicago with a group of business leaders they were having informal communion he said to the man he said before you partake of the juice and the bread i want you to think of something in your memory that always comes before you take communion so these high polished pens began to write everybody wrote something and when they finished writing he simply lit a match, and burned all these folded memories up. And he said, in the name of Jesus, my brothers, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus, you are forgiven. Our love for others grows out of our experience of being loved. That is so critically important for us to understand. So how do we love other people? We love other people, as Paul said to the Thessalonians, because God gives us the increase and the aboundedness in love to love other people. It is our source in God. We cannot simply say to somebody, learn to love, learn to love, learn to love. They can't do it. Why? Because the unlovable people are always there. We can only love others through the grace of God, the grace of God that comes to us from His love for us and for His love to us and through us to other people. So we need to remember, love always knows its source and it's related its source and then secondly love is agape agape now the greeks had four words that defined their definitions of love first that was storga that means natural affection that was eros, that means sexual section then there was philia which means friendship love and then there was agape love agape love unmerited unconditional sacrificial love whenever we think about god's love in the bible or our love that's supposed to be for him and for others. It's always agape love, unconditional, unmerited, sacrificial love. Now, not long ago, I finished reading Suzanne Collins' trilogy, The Hunger Games. And you know what I realized in that reading was that those books do not have an overt Christian theme. And yet, that those books are concerning the heroine. Her name is Katniss Everdeen in her struggle to love and to sacrifice. See, she loved her father, but he was killed in a mine accident. She loved her mother. Her mother was depressed. She loved her community, and she loved the nature, the world of nature outside the community. She loved all of these. In other words, she was caught up in her relationships with other people, but she always sought to put the others first, above her own needs. That's agape love. Now, what is conditional love? Conditional love is an if-then love. It has to do with feelings. If you do what I ask you to do, if you stay the way you are, if you cooperate with me, if you remain handsome or beautiful all the time, then I will love you. In other words, feelings comes first. But a God-play kind of love is exactly the opposite of that. It has nothing to do with feelings. It has to do with commitment. In other words, I make a commitment to love you before I have any feelings about the situation at all it's an even greater love it's a in spite of love in spite of your rejection in spite of my disappointment in you in spite of all these other things I continue to love you Harry Emerson Fosdick told the story of the great critic of Abraham Lincoln his name was Stanton he said that Abraham Lincoln was a low cunning person he said he was an original gorilla Stanton had a lot of terrible things to say about Abraham Lincoln But Abraham Lincoln never said anything bad about him. As a matter of fact, Abraham Lincoln appointed him the war minister because of his qualifications. He was the best man qualified to do the job. The years went on, and Abraham Lincoln never said anything bad about Stanton. Then came that assassin's bullet in Ford's theater. And when they were taking Lincoln's body out to the little room off the theater, people were gathered in there. One of them was Stanton. And when Stanton looked down at the rugged face of Abraham Lincoln... He simply said this with tears in his eyes what he said was there lies the greatest ruler of man that ever lived you see agape had won the day agape love the unmerited the unconditional sacrificial love had won the day there was a writer his name was ed farrell from detroit a couple of years ago he went on a vacation and he said he went to ireland to be with his 80 year old uncle, who was his favorite uncle, as he celebrated his 80th birthday. He said, On the day of the birthday, they got up, silently they went out, and they started walking the shores of the lake. Nothing was said. But then he said, The sun arose, and he said, Suddenly his uncle began to look, and he looked into the sun's rise, and he focused there for 20 minutes. They didn't say anything. And then his uncle started skipping along the lake shore. He had a big, radiant grin on his face. And when Ed caught up with him, he said, Uncle Seamus, you seem to be so happy. You want to tell me why? He said, yes. He said, you see, my father is fond of me. You see, me father is fond of me. And our father is fond of all of us. It's unconditional, unmerited, sacrificial love on his part. And then thirdly... Love is a choice. Love is a decision we make. Listen to these words from Paul, Colossians 3:14. Above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Notice these words, clothe yourselves, get dressed, put on. That's what he's saying. Get dressed, clothe yourselves. In other words, decide to love. We decide to love. Of course, we can decide not to love. Jodie Astor was the first female member of the British House of Commons, and it said that she didn't like Winston Churchill. So one day she says to Winston Churchill something like this She said, If you were my husband, I'd put poison in your coffee. Winston Churchill replied, If you were my wife, I would drink it. Well, here's the point, you see. We can decide not to love. And if we decide not to love, we can become a part of the great problems of this world, and that is guaranteed. Or on the other hand, we can decide to love and be inclusive with our love, just like God was. It said, God so loved the world. God loved the world. You know, I think a good example of the inclusiveness of God's love is fishing. Fishing. We go out there fishing. We have to take whatever shows up on the other end of the line. We cannot dictate to God what is going to be attracted to the bait. We simply throw the hook in the water and we deal with whatever happens. That's the way it is. God's love is like that. In one of the Dear Abby columns, she said, Love is not the prerogative of the guest. Love is the prerogative of the host. Who comes to the banquet is depending upon the invitation of the host, not of the guest. You know, and I think about what Jesus does for me. Jesus enlarges my boundary. You see, I might construct something that would sort of put a fence around it, but God comes along and he breaks the fence. He enlarges my boundary. In other words, I have learned to love people and accept them because God has loved and accepted me. He has enlarged my boundary. It's sort of like a square dance. Think about the partners in a square dance. Of course, you start and you end with your own partner in a square dance, But in the process of square dancing, you wind up intersecting with other couples. It's not like those dances where two people just get misty-eyed and spend all the time together, never interacting with anybody else. What was it John said? He said, you say you love God and you don't like your neighbor. You're simply fooling yourself. Whenever we meet God, we meet God in our neighbor. As we love our neighbor, our neighbor becomes somebody and then fourthly, love is expressed. Love is expressed. You know, when we think about the fruit of the Spirit, we always think of love. Love is not only the first on the list of the fruit of the Spirit. Love is all the fruit of the Spirit. All the fruit of the Spirit, really, are defining love. Love is faithful. Love is joyful. Love is this, that, and the other. It all defines love, and that's such an important realization all the fruit of the spirit defined love there was a a boy who went to a prestigious eastern university he was a freshman and during the year his father came to see him his father came in a dilapidated old car well when the father left after driving around the campus in that car the boy's friends made a joke of it and the boy said you can say whatever you want to about this situation My father had the money to buy a new car, but he wanted me in this school to be educated here rather than buying a new car. He chose my education over a new car for himself. And the boy said, I love that dilapidated old car, and I love the one who's driving it. Love is expressed. Just for a minute, I want you to think of Jesus in the upper room. He's there with his disciples. No one has volunteered to wash the feet of those disciples, and I may add, the dirty feet of those disciples. But we're told that Jesus, knowing that God had given him everything, that he had come from God and was going to God, laid his garments aside, picked up a basin, and began to wash the disciples' feet. Now, let's suppose what Jesus could have taken. Jesus could have taken a sword. He could have just forced those people, those disciples, and everybody else to do what he wanted to Or he may have picked up a pen. You know, they say the pen is greater than the sword. Or he could have just performed some fantastic feats. Everybody follows a magician. But what did he take? He took a towel. He took a towel and in so doing, he showed us what servant love is all about. Now, in my previous church, we had something called the Fort Benning Operation Appreciation. We entertained the troops from Fort Benning once a month. One of the soldiers wrote this after he had been there, and I want to simply read this to you. It said, Dear brothers and sisters, I was one of the soldiers who visited your church this Saturday, January 25th, during your Operation Appreciation. I really appreciate your attention, care, and all the details you gave to us. Everybody was good, and the music team played a beautiful praise and worship music. I am from Puerto Rico and a member of the Messiah Baptist Church. I really enjoy the time we share like brothers and sisters in Christ. Pardon me for my English. My first language is Spanish. I can read and understand everything in English, but I'm still learning how to write and speak in English. I gave thanks to God for all of you. And like Moses, bless Israel, I bless you. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. And then he signs it cordially, and he signs his name. On the part of the church, that is love expressed. Love expressed. Now, there was a fellow who was late to a worship service. As a matter of fact, he was so late, he ran into all the people who were coming out. And so he said to this woman he met who was coming out, he said, Is it over? She said, No, we just talked about it in there. Now we're getting ready to do it. Love is expressed. Let us pray. Lord, we're grateful for this day and the opportunity of being together. We're so thankful you loved us enough that we ourselves could receive eternal life. Now we ask, O God, that you would love others through us, that they can receive this eternal life and enjoy their time here on earth. Thank you again for these friends. Bless them, each one. It's in your name. Amen. Let me take this opportunity to thank you again for worshiping with us, and I hope you'll continue to worship with us and tell your friends about this ministry. Thank you, and good night.
1: When the day is done And there's no one else around While I'm lying here in bed You're in my heart, you're in my head, you're all I need, you're all I need. There are a million voices calling out my name, but you're the one I want to hear, so make the others disappear, you're all I need, you're all I need, you are all I need. You're all I need if I'm by myself You fill me when I'm empty There is nothing else, you're all I need When the morning comes And your mercy is renewed There's a fire in my bones I'm not afraid to go alone You're all I need You're all I need The sun on my face I hear you whisper loud You're still the God that opens and Every flower, even me You're all I need You're all I need